everyone, welcome back to another episode of Don't Be So Dramatic. My name is Rachel and this is the podcast where I talk to different people in the entertainment industry to discover what their job involves and how they got there. For this week's episode, I have with me Alison Fowler and Stephanie Pringle, who are, of course, the founders and head casting directors at Chicken and Chips Casting. I'm very excited to have these lovely women on for this episode. Um, What is super interesting to me is I feel like a lot of the time we hear from casting directors about what advice they have for actors. However, we don't really hear about what is involved in being a casting director, how they go got to be doing that job, how it affects their mental health, how they deal with all of the things that their job entails. And so um, I really enjoyed hearing these women answer those questions for me. Now, as always, if you do enjoy the podcast and you feel so inclined, you can give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. I will link everything down below in the bio for any Instagrams, Facebooks, websites, all that jazz. And without further ado, let's jump in. Alison, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Now, you are both the casting directors and founders for Chicken and Chips Casting in Sydney, and you also are in Brisbane and Melbourne as well, yes? Correct. I'm correct in that. Great. So, um, I mean, we all know what casting directors do in the industry, but I want to know basically how you've had your first interest in the entertainment industry and then went into casting. So... Mm -hmm. Um, I guess, Alison, we can start with you. So were you first an actor in the industry and then you kind of went into casting? Yeah, I was like a teen actor, nothing too exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, And I ended up going to university for a backup career, really actually primary career, and ended up in advertising. And I worked at an agency, Ogilvy, for four years Mm -hmm. on big brands. KFC, KFC, which I think every single Sydney actor has been in a KFC ad by now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I worked on that account and a few others and then finally just ended up in burnout mode and asked a colleague there who was the head of broadcast, uh, still is the head of broadcast there, and he suggested that I got into casting because it has the kind of acting element and behind yeah. the scenes. And I did a lot of casting when I was younger, so I fully understood the process. Um, and he put me in touch with Steph when she worked at her old agency and I just sort of packed my bags and changed careers. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it must have been really interesting having been on the other side of casting, obviously, yeah. being an actor. And we all know that, like, it's, you know, we, I guess we have to learn to love auditioning as actors because it's what we do the most rather than working on mm. set and all that sort of thing. Um Was it interesting for you kind of having this world opened up to you and being like, oh, my God, like this is how the casting director feels when I'm walking in the room and that sort of thing? Yeah, totally. It put it into a lot of perspective as to how big of a deal an an individual actor makes of an audition, but unfortunately just how small of that time frame is for the people who are actually holding the auditions. Yeah. So it's quite crazy how big it feels for the actor, but it doesn't – it's just – time in motion yeah this is part of the day for when you're behind the scenes so yeah. it was super interesting but fortunately I was doing it a lot more when I was a teenager so I wasn't in my head as much mm-hmm. um and thank god for that because now I can see how stressful it can be 
Yeah. But I think it's a good lesson for actors to hear that and be like, oh, okay. So it like, it is a big deal, but it's also not. And that's okay. Like it can just be part of my day. Like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to get my morning coffee and then I'm going to go to an audition and then I'm going to go to the gym. It's not like, okay, this is like the be all and end all of my day. And if this doesn't go well, um, I will die. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah. yeah. Um, So Steph, you were a ballet dancer before you got into casting, um, which is how, how was it transitioning from, I guess, being a dancer into like the film and TV industry? So I, I found it um, quite different because as a, ballerina I guess you do there is an element of performance but you never speak so <laughs> yeah. I could never be an actor because I couldn't ne- I can't speak I can't do dialogue so um yeah I I worked in production basically after I stopped dancing um because I didn't really see that that was going to be a an adequate career path for me okay um so worked in production when I was in Melbourne and then when that film ended, I sort of was like, I just want to work in film. And how do I do that? And what? A, and it's such a beast when you look at it from that point of view. And I was only 18 at the time. And it wasn't something that I'd considered before because I went to uni and I studied business. So very boring. <laughs> um, so it wasn't anything I really considered. And then uh, I just ended up happy. But like I happened to come across an ad on Seek of all places for a casting assistant job at a commercial casting company in Melbourne. And so I just sort of applied and it was a really old advert. And I was like, I just sort of, it was one of those things where I sent it and I was like, I'll never hear back from that person. And I don't really have the skill set maybe to be in such a niche. I didn't even know casting existed. So probably don't have the <laughs> skill set, don't know. Um, but she called me, um, the casting director, the director there called me like an hour after I'd sent my email and was like, I want to meet you. Really? And it was like Sunday. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, what did you write in your cover letter? <laughs> well, I think it was because the ad was so old and they'd been through so many applicants. Right. And because it is such a niche market, um, just the candidates maybe weren't right Mm. um but I think because I had a little bit of production experience and I was clued into sort of how casting worked a little bit um and yeah she gave me a couple of trial um ships and then I just ended up full-time there for almost I think it was like a year and then I ended up relocating back to Sydney and was like, well, there's no other option for me now. Casting is my thing. Like, I was like, this is my career. I love it. I lived and breathed. I spent my, I spent every waking moment studying actors. So I was on Showcast wow. all the time, just looking at actors and watching showreels and going to the theatre. And so within a 12-month time frame, I was so educated on everyone. Um and then when I came to Sydney, I contacted a couple of casting directors and one, um, the company that I was working for before, had an assistant job and I was like, well, this is it for me. And I was there for five years and that's where Al and I met. Okay. Because Rob Spencer, who is the colleague that Al's talking about, called me and said, hey, I've got this great girl and I think you guys would really get along. 
um, do you need an assistant? I think you should just get her in and see if you guys like each other. And I was like, I was in desperate need of help because we were so busy and had so, we were casting so many commercials. Um, and yeah, from the minute that we like met, we were just, yeah, we fell into this kind of working um, rhythm. rhythm and we just kind of, we have different skill sets and different strengths and stuff and it just really worked well together. Mm. Um, yeah, mm. so that's sort of where it ended up. Yeah. And then we sort of said, well, we wanted to we wanted to work in film and TV. Yeah. And we wanted to work on more long form stuff and get like, you know, some credits happening in that in that area. And so we chatted about it and I was just like, well, you know, this is we may as well just go do it. So mm-hmm. we did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, it's simple to say, yeah, we just started a, a casting agency, but... Oh, it's... it wasn't that simple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, mm, okay. <laughs> but We pretend. Yes. Um, was it, so, yeah, I guess in terms of, like, starting your own agency, was it because you felt like that was the next progression in your career or was it kind of that you had more ideas that you wanted to explore as casting directors and there wasn't the capacity capacity to do that under someone else? I think so. I think it's really important to note that like casting directors in Australia are very small companies. Mm. So generally, and uh, yeah, I guess generally the, the teams are quite small. Um, and the progression, career progression is pretty limited in a way. Um, so I think I always had in the back of my mind that I was going to work for myself. I didn't know, you know, when I was younger, I didn't know that it was going to be in casting. Yeah. I just knew that I wanted to work for myself. That was number one on my list of things. So I guess there was always that drive for me anyway. Um, but you're right. It was a combination of the two things. Like I think that the fact that we wanted to work on more film and TV projects, um, we really needed to kind of do that, explore that sort of stuff on our own because it was very commercially driven um, at our other agency. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, the industry is commercially driven regardless because that's like what a lot of the content and auditions are. And unfortunately, it is... Never the most exciting auditions um, that you go to, um, but it pays the most. Yes. So it's kind of like this weird, like, yeah. oh, it's this obligation that we have to do that, but then can also like go on to do the work that we're actually in the industry for. Totally. Great. And it's the same for us, you know, like commercials make up probably um, 50% of our work, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then we've got the other 50% that's made up of long form stuff. And I think... You know, things like um, student films and short mm. films, some things with low budgets, like we wouldn't necessarily be able to do all of those if we didn't have commercials. And it's yeah. the same for actors, I guess, um, in that regard. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, that's really interesting to me that you guys do take on stuff like short films and student films and, and web series and all that mm-hmm. sort of thing because looking at a lot of other casting agencies in Australia... I'm kind of like wrapping my brain trying to think, well, if like I'm to make a film, um, I 
like the list would be you guys and then I'm not too sure who else I would go to. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's very interesting. And originally when you started the agency, was that a conversation that you'd had to kind of say, we actually do want to take on this kind of hole in the industry? Because I mean, you know, I've held my own auditions for films that I've made in the past um, and that's fine. But I think you do get to a point where it's like, if we were to bring on casting directors, it is like it kind of opens up a whole mm. area that you wouldn't have access to. Because as you said, like you you guys have studied the industry, you know the actors. And when you are kind of holding auditions, you're only open to the actors that are applying for that on like Star Now yeah. or something like that. Um, so yeah, was that a conversation that you had had originally to be like, this is what we want to be open to? Well, I don't I don't think it was specifically a conversation we had. I think it was like very organic. I, we both knew that that's what we were always going to do. Um, but we knew from the get-go we would have to build our credits list. Mm. So mm. for us to establish ourselves as a business, much like actors need to, we needed to build our credit lists in long form. And that was always going to start with student films and short films. Um, usually with no budget, and we loved it. But we've never had a, an official conversation that we would continue doing it. We just do yeah. because we want to support the industry and we believe it's important for everyone to be able to access each other in the industry so that we can keep creating mm. projects and give everyone work. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think it was also a bit of a goal of ours to nurture actors yeah. and help open doors and things like that mm. um, because I think it it has been a bit of a closed book for a long time and some actors find it really difficult um, to get in the door at, at some places so it was a com- that was a conversation that we'd had and then I think that just sort of filtered down to the kinds of projects that we were taking on and I mean early on we were taking on some Anything. wild things that would come <laughs> across our desk and we were like oh this could be fun and then we were like and now now though we kind of we do filter it um, based on the script and whether we're, you know, the passionate team. about it and yeah. what sort of casting we can collaboratively bring to it, um, you know, in terms of diversity and things like that. So I mm-hmm. think now it's much more of a filtration system, whereas before it was like, yes, we need credits, so let's just do if the script's written well and, you know, it's not... You know, and the creative team behind it is professional, then we'll take it on. Um, but now we, we do say no to things that we don't um, think we could. Um, with you. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, you have to. And you have Definitely. to, as any creative in the industry, is hmm. you have to get to a point in your career where you do say no to yeah. things. Otherwise... And I encourage actors to say no because I think a lot of actors think that. They need to say yes to everything, mm. even even if it's morally against everything that they believe in. Like we were talking about KFC before, I've had actors come in for KFC auditions that are vegan and <laughs> no. are completely against, you know, whatever yeah. it is, um, but they're still chewing the chicken and spinning it in a bucket. And it's like, but if that's f- morally not... You're never going to feel good about doing that. Yeah, and for a couple of thousand dollars, it's mm. not really worth it. And they don't need to fear that you get blacklisted just I because think you that's say yeah. no to one project. And we find it on films as well where they just it doesn't feel right for them and they think that 
they say no and we'll be like, well, we'll never come back. Which is <laughs> yeah. just not like, true. It's not true. We fully respect your decision the same way we have the right to make a decision on a project. Mm. Um, and we expect that to be respected. Mm. Oh, of course. Yeah. I think the only reason people would get blacklisted is if they're like, no, because fuck this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This um, energy that you're bringing is um, exactly. yeah, not yeah. vibing with us. <laughs> yeah, totally. Or actually, you know when you get blacklisted is when you say, yes, I'll do it, and then you come forward and just trash the whole thing. Yeah. Right. When you vocally say oh, that this is a shit script and this is, yeah, this is fucked, basically. Well, um, right. so you can say yes and still fuck and it up. <laughs> yeah, we've had people come in, team, yeah. like bagging directors and things like that, and it's just like you should have um, said no, basically, and you yeah. would have been allowed back again. No, <laughs> Never again. Yeah. <laughs> I just really would love to see your folder of like people. That I wish have we had a folder. I love it's how it's in like my this. brain. Yeah, it's in both. So our no brains. one can ever find it, <laughs> and it just it, like it. It light bulb moments every now and then when we sit there and we just like remember that time. <laughs> That's our folder just coming to life every now and then. Good times. Yeah, good yeah. times. It'll be in the tell-all book. Yeah, you know when we both retire years, and yeah. flee the country when we can. Yeah. <laughs> when our reputation doesn't matter anymore. True. Yeah, true. We're in the nursing home. <laughs> and we can't remember what went on. Yeah. You just start making up things. I'm yeah. like, I'm pretty sure that never It'll be happened. a wild book, though. <laughs> It'll be a wild book. Stay tuned. Yeah. Um, now, uh, you guys also, in terms of web series, are very passionate about that kind of medium mm-hmm. that is coming to the industry as of late, and like online stuff regardless, which could be streaming networks and all that sort of thing. Um, for me personally, I kind of share that... Um, idea that I think that web series and any online content because it could be a short film it could be a film or whatever um, I think that that is super important and very accessible for actors to be making their own work and just popping it on YouTube and although you know the exposure element wouldn't be as great as if you were producing something for the ABC or something like that but it is such a great way to open that door to a casting director Mm -hmm. or a producer or a director. You just never know who is going to see that content, um, which is incredibly evident in stuff that I've done, even podcasting. You just have no idea who's going to see the content and Mm. it's all online. So um, was it interesting because you guys started in 2015 um, which was kind of around the time that everyone was starting to yeah. go, oh, web series are really interesting. Mm-hmm. So I guess from working as in, in casting previously and then opening up the agency, was it an interesting change that you saw with actors kind of taking on this work? And, um, yeah, what changes did you see in the industry? Um, I think that... Web series were really hard to navigate in like the 2015 time because there was no real, it was a very grey area. Um, The union didn't really have much idea of a contract or there was a contract but it was very specific and the format had to be very specific. Um, And we were working on a lot of projects that were web series but they were also acting as like proof of concept for bigger things. So I think... And a lot of and a lot of them were actor driven, and the creative teams were all 
people who were acting in them but also producing mm. that so for i've just used like 30 the web series as an as an example that creative team they're all actors and they all act in it and we cast all the supporting roles for season two um and yeah i think it's just very interesting to see the the dynamic of actors taking on different creative roles in the production process because I think it's a really um, important way to diversify income and get like further your skill set and also network and find other people who are doing things, creating more content, and it just builds a bit of a network for you. It also mm-hmm. makes you more educated for the whole process as an actor. Mm-hmm. Like it's, yeah. it, People can just behave better on set and just appreciate and respect the process so much more when they've done other parts of it oh Um, yeah yeah I completely agree yeah because that happened to me (laughs) I remember like creating content and then just being like oh wow it's so weird the actors you know are the face of a project and probably get the most um I guess credit credit (laughs) for the project but you're like this cameraman has worked longer hours (laughs) than me and is going to be here after I leave Mm -hmm. and I've said my little lines Um, that's just wild and it's just really interesting I guess like there's not I don't really know if there is a way out of it in the industry because it's just kind of like the actors are the Mm. the ones that are you know they're selling it yeah they're selling it on Mm. screen but it's such a collaborative thing and if I think you really have to love collaboration in order to do well in this industry Mm -hmm. so yeah um but yeah, it's it's really interesting to see like nowadays um, with the streaming platforms, the the way that web series have adapted because they can be just picked up by Netflix yep. and all that sort of thing. And so it is about kind of, I guess, pushing out content, but pushing out content that you're proud of, but also um, you have to put out content that you might look back on in a few years and be like, that wasn't that great. You know, and I, I mean, think I think that's the case with everyone. Isn't it, it is, and things date too. You know, like um, pr- projects date in terms of whatever the public discourse is at the time around. You know, for instance, diversity. So, it, ten years ago, when we were putting out briefs, saying some questionable things on there, <laughs> you just would not write now. Mm. Yeah. Um, so there's there's all that, and that's like in the twelve. 12 odd years that I've been doing this, the industry has changed so much. Mm. Um, and even with web series, as you say, it's it's even changed in the last six years because those web series are becoming such high production value projects that they are getting picked up by Netflix or they are being used as a proof of concept for bigger, um, longer form uh, like features and stuff. So... For us, I think it's interesting because we've invested some time and and money in some cases into some of our projects that are that do act as a proof of concept, like a short film or a web series, because we think, well, that project is really great and it will pay off. And so, like we did Miro, which was a short film that was actor nominated in 2017, and then it got um, developed into a feature film, The Flood, which was released yes, last yeah, year. Yeah. So, you know, we're now thinking about when those projects come across our desk, we're thinking, okay, okay, if we do this for this nominal fee, where where is the what's the strategy for that? Is it does it stand alone in which case 
there's nothing else coming of it? Or is there a bigger plan for this down the track? Mm. Um, and I think we've had a pretty good hit rate with the projects that we've chosen to um, support and, you know, cast. Mm. So. Mm. And I think one thing that's really stood out to me learning all of these things is also like um, the way in which people are able to do a lot with what they have. I think sometimes people can fall into the trap of like, oh, you know, I want to make a Stranger Things type thing, but I'm on a budget of Mm $5,000. And so it's kind of like, I think the people that are really successful in the industry have that ability to be like, okay, so it's like, you know, the the first movie of Saw was originally like a short film at Tropfest and Mm -hmm. was shot in one room or something like that. And so doing a lot with such little amounts of things because we don't all have the $10,000 budget to make a film or something like that and you know we can apply for grants and stuff like that but realistically speaking there's not Mm. a great deal of grants out there that you're going to be accepted for because there's so many people People. applying for it so I guess yeah that's something that I've really realized is yeah people that have that talent to go okay what have we got to work with which I imagine you would also have to do in casting because you go, what have we got to work with? What's the budget? Yeah. Yeah, so that's a very interesting skill that Mm. can be kind of slotted into other areas of the industry, I guess. Mm. Being agile like that is important, yeah. I think, and and also having a network of people because then you can call in favours for people who have different skill sets. So even if you've got, if you do have five grand to make a short film, great. But maybe a lot of you are doing it for nothing because you're just gonna you want to make something that you can then use to pitch or use as a show real piece or whatever it is do you know what I mean Mm. um so I think it's that that comes hand in hand with networking and knowing people Mm. definitely um now in terms of um teaching you guys have stepped into um teaching roles and you also offer um on your website the scene jams which is super interesting because it's so damn cheap. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, yeah. It's just like, oh my god, and like, I'm not trying to shade anyone in the industry, but um, when what you're told as an actor and what I have been told many a time is, yeah, just do the casting workshops and then they'll get to know you. Which of course they're not wrong. They like when you go in and you can have a day with whatever casting director Mm -hmm. that is great however spending over a hundred dollars on that constantly when you're probably working part-time or casually it's just not really a viable option Mm -hmm. long term and so I think it's very exciting that you guys are doing that let's talk about scene jam for one sec because it was born out of covid okay um and it was born out of a well everyone's in lockdown Mm -hmm. and we I mean, we were busy, but we were like, let's just offer this as a goodwill because people are at home and they obviously... didn't get to go. No one was in studio. No one was able to go to classes anymore. No. It just sort of all stopped. Yeah, and it was a way to say, you know, I know that many artists may not have much money at this point, so this is what we're offering. And if you can just... And it was a choose your own, Mm. choose, like, pay what you can kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So that's where that sort of was born from. And we've taught like over a hundred 
yeah. actors and had such great feedback and are still getting emails because we've sort of put them on hiatus at the moment because we're so, so busy. busy. Yeah. Um, but we still have actors emailing us being like, when are you going to do another scene, Jen? <laughs> it's like, yeah, so yeah. it's just hard to find the time. And they were small groups too, so I think we were only doing like eight yeah. actors. That's amazing Yeah, because that's one thing that I found is walking into a room of 20 actors um, mm. for the day and although that doesn't seem like an great amount when you're kind of up there and then you sit through 19 other people's scenes for the day it's so much it's so tiring um and it's hard to you know know how to stand out in that setting Mm. um so it's very interesting yeah Um, well this was purely just a we assigned scenes and it was just a you get two takes and we're going to do a bit of workshopping and then then there was like 15 minutes question time at the end which Mm. i think everyone always loves because at the time, it was like what is was happening? So uncertain, <laughs> and yeah. everyone was like, "What are you guys doing? Like, yeah. what's happening with the studio?" So it was also a way to connect with actors to be like, "It's okay, mm. it'll be all right. We're we're gonna go back at some point, but we just need to like figure out what that is." Yeah. Um, sure. So it was yeah, it was a bit of just a bit of like community vibes, mm. <laughs> which was nice. It was also nice for us because we are very as casting directors, even though we're part of the key creative crew, we are very on our own mm. sometimes. Isolated. Mm. Yeah, so, you know, even though we called some producers and directors at the time, we were like, what's going on out there? Um, we still felt very like yeah. we were we were not really knowing what was going on. Mm. So it was a, just a bit of a way to connect with people at yeah. the time. Yeah, and to be like, we're all in it together, yeah. Yeah. especially with, you know, um, a lot of people losing their work that yeah. paid their rent and all that sort of thing. Yeah. And, yeah, it was very interesting, that's mm. for sure. But how amazing that, you know, we're now getting all of these big projects yeah. into Australia. Even if, you know, some of them are up in Queensland, it's still, you mm. know, I think it has that snowball effect mm. of people in America go, oh, totally. okay, um, it's really easy to film in Australia, um, yeah. which is, I think, how the Vancouver market was kind of born out of, you know, being very convenient mm-hmm. with being close to LA, being on the same time zone, it looking kind of like LA and you can dress the setup and that sort of thing. So And also actors can work there from other places easier than yes. the United States. Yeah. 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 So yeah. It's very appealing. And there's nice mountains to look <laughs> at. All that sort of thing. Yeah. Less pollution. Yes. <laughs> Canadians are generally nice people. Right. <laughs> um in terms of like one thing that I always kind of wonder about with casting directors is the kind of mental health side of your work obviously you know with actors I think that in the industry actors and all that sort of thing are really great about talking about mental health issues and the things that they're dealing with and that sort of thing and what they do obviously when you guys are casting you're seeing like people are coming in the room like you know person after person they're bringing their own energy in there whether that be a a good or bad kind of thing and inevitably it does kind of make an impact on you guys and to have a whole day of that I'm always kind of thinking like oh my god (laughs) that's a lot so yeah um yeah I just wondered um how you guys kind of deal with that and Mm. what are your thoughts on that it's so it's actually amazing that you asked that question because I 
so when we go when we're in the studio I have this mentality that I have to give the same amount of energy that I've given person number one as yeah. I give person number 100 yeah so by the time I leave the studio and, and I'm sure you're the same but at the time I leave the studio at six o'clock I'm just like this ball of like I can't talk to anyone don't talk to me I go home I sit on the lounge and I stare at a wall for like two hours it's like it is really draining because you do have to give all of your energy Mm. to each individual person at the same capacity because otherwise you're not like in my opinion not really doing your job properly Um, but I guess like because some people can come in you don't you can't say that the person that's last of the day doesn't come in with all their emotional exactly yeah everything on them and some people just do so they've just had a bad time and you like sometimes we just let people have a sit and mm, we've had people cry yeah, just have a chat and then like then we move right along but like yeah we're not remiss enough to just ignore or we've let people go have a walk and come back and do their tape later or we've like, let people like we've let people audition and then emailed their agent after and said hey can so-and-so put down a tape because I they weren't I don't think they were feeling it and I would rather them just put down a self tape than me send this video yeah um so we've done that um yeah but yeah it can be full on but for the most part I reckon we don't get too much of their trauma (laughs) that's good like there there are some the agents get a lot more trauma yeah the agents Mm. have to handle a lot but there are some that don't really know how to filter between whatever's happened on the way to the audition. Personal, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Some just get the complete overwhelms and they feel like they might. it's better for them to caveat that situation before yeah. they do what they think is going to be a bad take, mm-hmm. um, which is never true. If we mm. didn't know the, the caveat, we would never have noticed. But um, I think it helps some people, in which case, sure. But mm. um, it's a lot. There's... And actors are all very different. Sort of different energies yes. in a day. Yeah. Oh, yes, I can imagine. Yeah. And also you're dealing with the pressure of you have a job to do and the expectations of whoever's mm. hired you for that work. So it's not like you're you're the, the pinnacle of this work. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it just, it just must be a, a lot. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. we could get three quarters of the way through a day and be like, fuck, we've not found anyone. Oh. And we're oh. just we're in studio and we're like, well, there's nothing I get can, on the computer. Yeah, there's nothing yeah. we can do about this at this point. But we have to deliver this to the client at the end of the day. But we don't like no one has delivered on this. Like we haven't. It's like well, we send the link and we're like all the best, and then we go to our computer. Hope- and we're like, <laughs> oh my god! So like, yeah, it's still stressful for us. So it's not just like it's all on the actors and like yeah, our job is done and easy and we're just there to make your day hard and scare you in an audition. Like, <laughs> no, we need you to do a good job because at, during this whole day I need to know that I'm going to send something that's good. Yeah, um, of course. So it can be really stressful for us as well. If if everyone was not feeling it that day, then that's just fucked. That's, that's yeah. bad. If yeah. every actor decides that day it's an off day, well... Um, Uh-oh. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Have there ever been situations then in which like the day has just gone not the way that you have pictured and so then you have to kind of pivot on the idea that you were thinking for casting that role and just kind of go, okay, so this is not working. What yeah. else are we going to look at? I don't think we've ever had any real 
diabolical days. It might be like in a day one roll didn't work and we've had to go back and rethink it. Um, But that doesn't necessarily ever seem to be a problem. No. But also there's this thing of like... (laughs) You, like we don't know what we're looking for until we find it. Yeah. So we might yeah. get through like twenty actors, and then someone comes in, and we're like, "Oh, uh, that's it. Yeah, that's it." And so this script has been done twenty. Well, these scenes have been done twenty times, and this person comes in, and they just have a completely different take on it, and it's like, "No, that's, that's the one." Yeah. Mm. That's what we. That's what we're looking for. Or it could be the first person that comes in on it, and it's like, "Well." We're done. Yeah, so <laughs> the day. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, you could go through days worth after that and be like, I'm still back at one. No, well, this mm. is what happened on one of our projects yeah. where we had to, we were casting the lead of a film mm. and we did. We, we mm-hmm. It was like person number three. One, was he one? Mm-hmm. Was he? Huh. Uh, person number one. And the director was like, oh, let's just go. I think we did three rounds. Yeah, we did because the director had a very specific thing in their mind, yeah. what they wanted this person to look like, and mm. we, we're we not necessarily about that. No, um, we like to keep the, we like to keep the box open. Yeah, mm. um, so we, from the get-go, didn't quite go that specific, um, so this person wasn't right on that brief, technically, mm-hmm. but just the performance itself was like, well, I, I won't get past just can't how look good past that, that is. Yeah. And we just, he made us do more and more rounds to just get that look he was after. And then in the end, we were like, no, you've just got to push for him with the network or the streaming. Streaming work. service. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, he ended up getting the role. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Mm. And it's, it's funny, like, um, the previous episode to this, I was talking to an actress, um, Melanie Zanetti, and we were talking about how as actors... Like, it's, it's really funny how, like, you literally can't bring anything else but yourself because, mm-hmm. like, as you say, your appearance matters to, like, the, the casting board of people because, like, say, in my instance, there might be another redhead and they're like, well, we can't have two redheads. Like, God forbid, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's too There's much red on the screen. The world, yeah, so. no, no. Too much ginger. Yeah. No one's going to like it. Um, but it's true. Like, they, you know, if, say, you're playing opposite, like, a love interest and that love interest looks way too similar to you Mm -hmm. then it's just very interesting how that determines that you don't get the role nothing to do with your acting ability true and so I think it's an interesting hurdle to kind of get over and be like well like I could change my face but it would be very expensive (laughs) and I don't want to do that (laughs) and also um bringing yourself to the performance is really important because that is what that is unique to you and that is what will set you apart from everyone else so whenever when people are like oh what are you looking for yeah it's like, well I don't know what I'm looking for but you don't do it the same as every other actor because <laughs> yeah. every other actor gets the same scenes so what choices can you make from the words on the page and what can you bring to it from your own personal experience or your own personality that is different to everyone else. Mm. Think about it like that, and then you'll always have something different. You'll always pitch something different. Yeah. Mm. I also think it's a good perspective to have on taking away a bit of pressure because some things are just fully out of your control mm. and they're not about how good or bad you are. It's just 
totally out of your control yeah. and is impacted by so many other elements that you can't feel bad about at the end of the day. Yeah, like, of course. It's just not on you. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And yeah. casting ensembles is really challenging. Mm. Yeah. I imagine so. So challenging because you because as casting directors we might want we might want this board of actors and this is who we want, but visually, or even when you get them into a, into a chemistry test situation, the, the energies yeah. don't work. Mm. Yeah. So then it's like, damn it! But I wanted all of you, and this is perfect casting. And then, or you just have creative not differences, but you have you do have difference in opinion with mm. the director or the producer or whatever. Yeah. So there's a lot of there's a lot of um personalities to be managed <laughs> yes yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I would love to keep going but I know you girls need to <laughs> go and do your casting things um, as casting directors but thank you so much for joining me today um, I wanted if you had anything you wanted to plug before we wrap up for today any socials or anything Ooh, like that I mean you can follow us on Instagram <laughs> at yeah. chicken and chips underscore yeah um, we're very That's active it. on that Oh well, actually, well, well not recently. However, we, we're about to be. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess signing up to the mailing list is a good idea because yeah. we send out updates and stuff via that. And like, if there's open casting calls, they generally go out on social media, Facebook page, and, and stuff. we do Instagram lives. So oh yeah, yeah we do yeah. Some Instagram those, lives. Um, yeah, notifications. Yeah, that's always a fun time. Yeah, we're just drunk on the internet. <laughs> well, I am. You're very responsible. We weren't last time. Oh, but that was it because it was in the morning, so it was no, like socially last time unacceptable. Was at night. We were just well behaved. Oh, which is unlike me. Unlike us, really. <laughs> <laughs> I think that everyone's now going to watch your next live and be like, why aren't they drunk? That's what I came <laughs> you for. You should have seen them during lockdown. Yeah, they, yeah we definitely already had a few. Uh, we had a few start. producers being like, lol, you guys are so funny, you're drunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oopsie. Oh, well. Anyway. But we're real. Yeah, it's authentic, isn't it? Yes. That's yeah. what people want, right? Yeah. That's the thing these days. Exactly. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining thank me. Thank you. Thanks for having us. No worries. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Bye. Thanks.